cast your mind back to March, the world was coming to grips with COVID-19. Nobody could get their hands on sanitizer, PPE, let alone enough ventilators for the worst case scenario. And one of the things you really couldn't order was respirator hoods. So the situation need classic Kiwi ingenuity, number eight wire type approach. Keeping the economy going, it's Bosses Rebuilding. Chris Hopkins founded SouthMed to build these hoods from scratch. He's now got 200 being built, soon to be soon ready to be used by our own DHBs. And Chris is with us now. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Before we crack into this, for those of us who don't know what a ventilator hood is, run us through what it is. So a respirator hood, it just um, instead of a mask, it goes the hood goes over the whole head, it encapsulates the head, uh, keeps the positive pressure up for the lungs, and also. Um, uh, contains the virus, so um, or any um, any viral matter or the environment around the around the patient's head. Okay, so how is it that you got into the business of building them? Um, well, it was just prior to lockdown, and uh, I got a call from Minister David Parker, who asked if um, if I could assist in either sourcing them or uh, manufacturing them in New Zealand. Why did he call you, Chris? Because uh, well, I was. Through previous um, previous role as CEO of Scott Technology, so I knew David. He knew that I was in the engineering manufacturing sector, and so he approached me to see whether I could um, pull together a team to yeah. um, to address the problem. Basically, he knew if anybody could do this, Chris could do it, and he gave you a call. Well, I don't think Chris, but the team that Chris can pull together, <laughs> or the people, or the contacts. You must have worked fast on this, because I would imagine this normally, this kind of thing, normally takes years. Uh, it does. I mean, we had a great team that really sort of pulled together. I mean, we were in lockdown, um, didn't have anything else to do. So basically the team worked 24-7, um, just pulling together ideas, rapid prototyping, trialling it, uh, running back and forwards. And so it was really um, a team effort. And uh, yeah, it was. It was done in, um, in record time. So very rapid prototyping. How, how long did it actually take you? Uh, well, we started, I think it was end of March, we started on the first prototypes. I think it was we got the first prototype or very rough prototype built in about five or seven days, actually. Okay. Um, how, how long would that normally take? Oh, if you go through design phase, I mean, it could be months. Um, yes. But yeah, again, it just yeah, it depends on how you, how you approach it. Okay. So obviously these things exist in the world. Uh, the problem was we couldn't buy them. Your, the, the ones that you've built, how do they compare to the existing ones? Uh, we're getting those tested at the moment, but they're very similar, and we believe they'll operate uh, in a very similar way to the ones that uh, you can get um, internationally. But I understand they're still not available internationally because okay. they're made in limited numbers, and obviously there's quite a strong demand for them globally. Um, I, I can imagine that you have probably run into some barriers that's made your life a bit difficult. <laughs> we have, mostly around the regulatory. So the one thing we didn't know when we started this was about the regulatory approvals for medical devices. So that has been a very steep learning curve. So the manufacturing side and getting the product design was um, a little bit easier than the um, than what we're finding the, the medical device regulatory side at the moment. Isn't that always the case? I understand also I've been told that um, despite the fact that you were asked essentially by the government to build these things, you've run into trouble actually getting government funding. Oh, we did. We put one submission under the COVID Innovator Accelerator Fund, which was, um, we thought we were probably um, would have been a good position for it, but our, our first application or submission wasn't successful. We were encouraged to resubmit that, and that's currently in at the moment. So, um, But, yeah, we've had to sort of seek other funding sources.
And so where have you got, I mean, are you allowed to talk about it? Oh, we've got some philanthropists that are in in, um, in behind us, so they've given us a, a sort of an establishment loan, which we repay from any sales that we get in the future. So, um, but at the moment, that's sort of just covered the material costs and all our um, time and effort. It's basically sort of operating like a charity or a um, on a voluntary basis. Yeah, Chris, I'm guessing that um, given the state of the world at the moment, actually, that the market for you will probably be much more lucrative overseas at the moment. Are you planning to sell these things offshore? Yes, we have. We've partnered up, and in fact, we just recently had some conversations with um, another team in Hamilton that have worked with the Waikato District Health Board and developed a low-cost ventilator. Um, And some of the countries that I've been talking to are saying we don't want the masks. They actually want hoods to go with their ventilator. And so um, we're sort of, I suppose, a a natural partner for them. And so it's South Africa and Papua New Guinea, as I understand. Yeah. Wow, you must have, okay, I mean, this looks, this sounds to me like it would have just been a huge change in your life from, you know, from pre-March not doing this and then all of a sudden you're in this position where you are now, um, you know, making this these things to order, selling them offshore. Is this like, do you look back at, at March and go, wow, what a simpl- much simpler time? Uh, yes. Yeah, look, it was an exciting time though because, look, there was, a, there was an urgent need for it and we felt a little bit helpless not doing anything and, we're, as I said, we are in lockdown um, feeling helpless and then we had this call to action yeah. and I suppose uh, we responded and, and it was really fantastic. It was quite uplifting thinking that, um, or, you know, believing that we could do something that would make a difference. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Chris Hopkins, we'll keep an eye on what you're up to, Director and First Responder at Southmed, um, a name that I think that we'll probably get used to hearing a fair